Let's get back into our series, Give Me Wisdom. Let's look at, this will be part four. Uh, we're going to talk about chisel my ears today. Now, just a little bit of review. We, we talked, the first lesson we talked about in this series, Give Me Wisdom, we talked about Solomon, remember? We got in 1 Kings chapter 3, Solomon's dream, and then God's question. God's question basically was, uh, hey, Solomon, I'll give you anything you want. What do you want? And Solomon's answer was just revolutionary. It revolutionized his life. It revolutionized the nation of Israel and really the world, really. He says, I want you to give me an understanding heart. And we looked at that in the Hebrew, and it literally means a hearing heart. I want you to give me a heart that hears so that I can have the wisdom that I need. I need a heart that hears people and all of my surroundings and the different voices and attitudes and all that kind of thing involved in the circumstances. But I also need a heart that hears you, Lord. Give me wisdom. That's, that's a pretty good answer right there. And because he asked such a great thing to have wisdom, God blessed him with all kinds of other stuff too. And then we, we went into lesson number two. Uh, we looked at some Proverbs that Solomon wrote about wisdom. And we talked specifically about the idea that the fear of the Lord is what? It's the beginning of wisdom. That when we, we come into wisdom, when we get in right relationship with God, because he is the wisdom of the ages. In fact, one scripture says Christ is our wisdom. All right. Then last week we went into part three in James chapter one. And James said, if you're going through a hard time, what do you need to ask for? He said, ask for wisdom and God will hear you and give wisdom to you liberally is what it says. And he won't, he won't hold it against you. You know, that kind of thing. So I'm hoping this has been, been real good for you. Let's get into this other idea about wisdom. And there's a whole lot of other things because truthfully, uh, the whole Bible is about wisdom, really. It's about wisdom from another world. It's about the wisdom of the kingdom of God. So let me, let me just, without having to go into a whole series of teaching of, of the Bible, let me just read something to you that I wrote just recently, uh, just about the Bible itself. Can we do that? The, the Bible contains a treasure trove of wisdom. It's a collection of 66 writings. 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament, of 40 inspired writers with one author, the Spirit of God. The Bible tells one story, God's plan of redemption for the human race, and how God has worked through the Hebrew people to bless all nations and people on the face of the earth. It contains historical stories, law, instruction, poems, spiritual experiences, wisdom literature, dreams and visions, letters to specific communities and people, all woven together to point to one central figure, Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, our rescuer and our restorer. The Bible reveals our origins and our ultimate destiny. It reveals God as our creator and father, showing us his purpose, his nature, and his expectations. It reveals human beings as the apex of God's creation, fashioned in God's image and God's likeness. It shows the problem with our world, with us, and our relationships, and it reveals the solution. Read it to gain the knowledge of the heavens. Study it to become wise. Follow Jesus to secure eternal life. The Bible is our compass in the storm, our map for the journey, our guide for every age and stage of life. In it, we find hope, healing, salvation, warnings, instructions, comfort, peace, joy, and the desire of our hearts. In it, we are invited to encounter the reality of the living God. It shows the path to the blessed life and warns about the perils and destruction of choosing the cursed path. At least 250 time, 253 times, the Bible is called the Word of the Lord. At least 41 times, it is called the Word of God. 
It is referred to as the word of faith, the word of grace, the word of promise, the word of truth, the word of life. Obey it to be wise. Neglect it at your own peril. Discover the riches of God's goodness and grace in his love letter to all people. Discover the glory of God in the book we call the Holy Bible. It's a treasure trove of wisdom. Amen. I mean, that deserves an amen or something. Amen. Read it. We, we have at our fingertips, in our phones, in, in, in our books and all that, we have the wisdom of heaven for our earth, for your life, for you. Right there. Read it. Read it. Especially the words of Jesus. Especially the words of Jesus. Read it. We are followers of Jesus. Amen. We need to know what he says. So the Bible is really important in this idea of wisdom. So when we say, give me wisdom, I want you to get this picture. When you are in your Bible and it is open, God is talking to you. When you're not reading your Bible, the voice of God is often closed to you. So open it up to hear him, to hear his wisdom and see what the Holy Spirit won't do in your life. Amen. Revelation 2, 7 says this from the, from the lips of Jesus in Revelation 2. It says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. What, we having some trouble with the technical stuff over there? Yeah. Okay, just, y'all just go ahead and figure it out. I got y'all here. That's good. <laughs> and, and hey, we've got our podcast back up and running too, so uh, we're, we're recording all that kind of thing there. So figure it out, Pud. You got it? We're good to go. So Jesus says, he who has an ear, it it kind of puts me in a picture of this. He who has these ears, let him hear. Because it's kind of an inference if you can have ears but not hear. All the women in the house said, we know that to be true, right? (laughs) Isn't that true? So Jesus says, if you have ears, let them hear what I'm saying to you as my people. Now this, this, he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says. This is one of the favorite sayings of Jesus. He's recorded it over 14 times uh, throughout the Gospels and throughout the book of Revelation as saying that one phrase. It is super, super important. And in fact, in, in the Hebrew culture, you'll oftentimes see uh, hear and hear repeated together. And the, the emphasis is that if you hear right, you will do right. Because how do we know you hear is because we know you hear when you really hear and you do it. You see it repeated a couple times over all the time throughout. Now, there's, there's a word I want you to, to, to know, and you may have heard it before. The word here is this word right here. In the Hebrew, it's the word Shema. Can you say it with me? Shema. Shema is, you, you probably recognize it maybe as a, uh, a, a prayer, an ancient Hebrew prayer found right in Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's an ancient Hebrew prayer that Jesus, without a doubt, probably, without a doubt, prayed this every morning and every evening because that's been the custom of the Jews for thousands of years, literally. Okay? Prayed this every single morning. And the word Shema simply means this it means to listen or, or to hear. I don't recognize that voice over there. It literally means to pay attention. So when you hear this word here in the Bible, it's, it's God saying to us, pay attention. Because hearing involves not just you having some kind of interaction with, with words and all that kind of thing. When you hear properly, you learn to respond properly. I believe our brother James kind of helps us out with some of that, doesn't he? He said, don't just be hearers only, but be hearers and and doers. Because, you know, Mama, I've used this example several times. I think I've used it recently. When mama tells me to take out the trash when I was, was a teenage boy, when he, she tells me to take out the trash and then she tells me again and then she tells me again, 
Then she tells me again, and I look at her and say, well, I heard you the first time. Why did she think I, not, I didn't hear her? Because I didn't respond properly. Well, it's the same thing with God. He wants us not to just hear and listen to teachings and sermons and, and, and audio Bibles and read our Bible. He, he's not just interested in you hearing and having some kind of academic experience. He's, li- he's literally interested in you having a transformational experience where you hear it in such a way that it changes your life. So God wants you to learn and I to learn to listen properly, keep our part of the covenant to follow him and do what he says. All right. Now, a couple of questions. Ladies, you want to come up and join me? I'm going to have me a couple of readers this, this morning. A couple of questions. Is it possible to have ears but not hear what God is saying? Sure. Absolutely. Is it possible to hear teachings or read the Bible but not hear God? Yes, certainly. And we want to address this idea as we continue to unpack our teaching today. How can we get hearing ears? How can we get hearing ears? Solomon asked for those. He asked for a hearing ear or a hearing heart. I want to be able to listen. I want to be able to hear you, God. How can we do that? All right, this is what we're going to do. They're going to start reading some, some scriptures. They're going to rotate back and forth and read some scriptures. I want you, and I think they're going to be on the screen there, I want you to just follow along and I want you to hear what God says, especially about hearing, about how we should hear. All right, Angelina, are you ready to read that Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5? Now, this is the one that we call the smile. This is part of that prayer called the Hebrew smile. Okay. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Okay. Now, Jesus quoted that as the greatest commandment, didn't he? That is the greatest commandment. And he says, hey, here, listen up, pay attention. The Lord your God is one. He's one. And you shall love him with everything you've got. Here, pay close attention. This is what your life's all about. All right, don't you go to Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 3. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember... That the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Okay, so we don't live by bread alone, just by physical things and eating food and all that kind of thing. What do we live by? What is our life source, literally? What is our life source? It is every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Okay, somebody tell me where that is quoted in the New Testament. Anybody remember that? That is actually quoted. It comes right out of the mouth of Jesus. Where was it? Remember? When he was in his temptation hour, remember that? And the enemy wanted him to, to bow, and he says, man shall not live. Turn these stones to bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That is your life source. That is everything. You know, everything that you see that's tangible and real comes out of the mouth of God. That God spoke it into existence and that everything that you see that is material in creation, everything that you see is fabricated, it's raw material, is the actual word of God. Do you realize that? (laughs) That's how powerful it is. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Psalm 135. 
The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them are like them, so is everyone who trusts in them. Mm, that's pretty strong language, isn't it? Talking about paganism and all the false religions. That they make these idols that have all these features. They have ears, but they can't hear. They have eyes, but those gods don't see. And if you follow a false god, that's what will happen to you. You won't be able to hear right. You won't be able to see right. All right? Proverbs 23, 12. Apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. All right, so that's our job, isn't it? We've got to apply our heart. Kind of, kind of the same idea of to, to love God with all our heart. We apply our heart to instruction. And I don't care what you do. You can put your Bible under a pillow and it won't transfer into your head. You understand that? You can pray to be smarter. You can pray to be wiser and all that kind of thing. But if you don't apply yourself to knowledge, you don't apply yourself to reading, you don't apply yourself to meditation and studying and all of that good stuff and learning. If you don't apply yourself to it, guess what? It's not going to happen. So Solomon right here in his wisdom says, apply your heart to instruction and listen. Listen to knowledge. All right. Jeremiah 5, 20. This gets pretty rough right here now. Declare this in the house of Jacob and proclaim it in Judah, saying, Hear this now, O foolish people, without understanding, who have eyes and see not, and who have ears and hear not. Do you not fear me, says the Lord? Will you not tremble at my presence, who have placed the sand as the bound of the sea by perpetual decree that it cannot pass beyond it? And though its waves toss to and fro, yet they cannot prevail. Though they roar, yet they cannot pass over it. But this people has a defiant and rebellious heart. They have revolted and departed. They do not say in their heart, Let us now fear the Lord our God, who gives rain, both the former and the latter, in its season. He reserves for us the appointed weeks of the harvest. Your iniquities have turned these things away, and your sins have withheld good from you. All right, so he talks about the people of God have become defiant and rebellious in heart. So they no longer can hear. They no longer can see what God's doing. They've hardened their heart in such a way that it has affected everything in their life, especially their relationship with God. And because of this, I'm withholding good from you. Hmm. That's heavy, isn't it? That's heavy. Ezekiel 12, 1 and 2, this gets heavy too. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, which has eyes to see, but does not see, and ears to hear, but does not hear. For they are a rebellious house. Mm. Anybody know what uh, to have somebody rebellious in your house is like? Anybody know what that's like? Anybody is, was anybody that child? <laughs> I think we all probably were at one time or another. I know I was. Uh, you know, you hear the words of Jesus a lot in, in this kind of echo, right? So you, we've, we've heard from Jeremiah talking about people who have ears but can't hear. Now Ezekiel, who comes right after Jeremiah in the sequence of history. Ezekiel, who comes right after talking to the Babylonian captive, uh, captives right there. Ezekiel speaks and says the same thing. You have ears, but you can't hear. Jesus would come to the religious leaders of his day. Guess what he would say? He said the same thing. So what, it's not just an Israel problem. It, it really becomes a humanity problem that we all can fall into this idea of having a rebellious heart with ears, but we can't hear. All right. Zechariah 7. Then the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Execute true justice, show mercy and compassion, everyone to his brother, 
Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the alien or the poor. Let none of you plan evil in his heart against his brother. But they refused to heed, shrugged their shoulders, and stopped their ears so that they could not hear. Yes, they made their hearts like flint, refusing to hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts has, had sent by the Spirit through the form of prophets. Thus great wrath came from the Lord of hosts. Therefore it happened that just as he proclaimed, and they would not hear, so they called out, and I would not listen, says the Lord. Oh, man. Can you see him? It says they refused to heed. They shrugged their shoulders like, ah, that's a big deal. And then they stopped up their ears. You ever seen anybody do that? La, 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 I can't hear you. You ever seen anybody? That's kind of one of the pictures I get. Like they just stop up their ears so that they, they can't hear what truth is because then they become responsible for what they hear. And then he says, well, you want to play games with me? I can outlast you, God said. You're going to stop up your ears? How about I stop up mine? You're not going to listen? I'm not going to listen. Now, it's one thing for God not to listen to me, but if he shuts up heaven and doesn't give revelation, we are dead. We're gone. Because life is in his word. Hebrews 3, 12 through 16. Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Verse 16. Verse 16 says, For you ha having heard rebelled, indeed was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses. Wow. Do you, have you picked up something here? She just read it a second ago about turning their hearts to flint. Flint's like a hard rock. They, they turned their heart. Now, she just read that they have literally, what, what did it say? They have hardened their hearts through the deceitfulness of sin. So we're kind of getting a picture of these things that cause our hearts to harden or become rebellious towards God. That literally the deceitfulness of sin will make our hearts hard. All right. And the last here, Angelina. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All right, see, now we see hearing back to back right there. This, this two kind of hearing because you hear and then you hear. You hear and you do. Okay, so then faith comes by hearing. I, I like to think of it like this. Okay, not to just add, but just for, for the sake of, of understanding. Then faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. Isn't that how we work, really? That repetition is the mother of all learning in, in any, any facet of life, especially in theology. So the faith comes by hearing and we hear it and we have to hear it and hear it and hear it. And we hear the word of God and it produces faith in our hearts. Amen. Can you hear it? Can you hear? Do you have ears to hear? Amen. Amen. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. Thank you for being the voice of God today. So now let, let's look at this as, as we kind of wrap some of this up. Let's put it all together. How can we get hearing ears? How can we, over and over, it says, I need you to hear what I'm saying. God's saying, I want you to hear it, hear it, hear it, hear and live kind of thing. Isaiah 50, verse 4 and 5, it is spoken of Messiah. It says this, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. 
Now, there, there's this connection, which we know uh, from, from a medical standpoint, we know this, this connection and physio physiological standpoint, we know the connection to be true, that if you have problems with your speech, wh what's the first thing the doctor will check, more than likely? If you're not talking right, you're going to speech therapy, what, what will they check? Your hearing. Well, because there's this connection. Well, there's a connection like that in the spirit, too, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay. And how does things get into your heart? Well, you hear it. You hear it. It goes into your heart. And what affects your heart will affect your speech. Okay. So we know that connection to be true. So, so we've got to learn to hear the right things. Take in the right. Get the word of God in you. Take in the good things. Whatsoever is true and lovely and, and a good report, praiseworthy, honorable, take on, listen to these things because it fills the treasure chest of your heart so that when it comes time to be a blessing to somebody, your treasure chest is full of good things and it's not hard to speak good things to people. You understand? The opposite is true of that too. Fill your heart and your life with hate. Guess what's going to come out of your mouth? Get your heart filled with bitterness and all kinds of anger and all kinds of animosity. Guess what? It's going to be strife all around your life. It's just the way it is for any of us. Okay? So he says this. He, he awakens my ear. Everybody say awakens. It's, it's this idea of to lift or to raise up or to stir up. It has the idea of stripping away all the distractions and obstacles, all the distractions and attractions that would hinder. And it's spoken of here. It says that God awakens my ear. Hey, we need God to help us lift up out of the fog of life, don't we? Out of the fog of all the chaos and commotion going on in our world. Maybe it's our own personal world, but certainly our world in general. We need God to awaken us and lift us out of it and strip away all the distractions. Why? Well, because as believers and followers of Christ, it is our heart to be able to speak a word in season to those who are about to fall out. To those who are tired and weary. We're the ones that are responsible for giving them the encouragement. We're the ones responsible for the carrying of joy into their lives and peace in their lives. And he says, I want you to awaken my ear so that when the time comes, I hear the right things and I'm able to speak the right things so that people can be helped. You see? Verse number five, it's, it's, it gets good here. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. God has opened my ear. Now this idea of opened, listen to this. It means to open wide or to unstop, kind of like to unstop something that's clogged up kind of thing, or to loosen or to carve, or to chisel. Okay. Now notice we're not doing this on our own. If, if you're going to have an awakening, it's going to be through God, through you partnering with God. Now it's not just going to be God alone. It's going to be you and God interacting with one another. And if your ear is going to be open, you're going to have to submit it to God, but God's going to have to do a miracle and open it up. Okay. Now keep this in mind. How can we get hearing ears? Keep this open my ear. Keep that idea. Do you have that definition on the front there? You see that? To carve or to chisel. Anybody ever do any kind of chiseling on wood or stone or anything like that? Anybody ever do anything like that? Well, it's quite a process. Well, what, what do you need to do that? Well, you need the rock and the, the stone to sculpt it out of. But you also need something else. What else do you need? You need a chisel. What do, what do you need with that chisel? 
you need a hammer. Okay, so now let's, let's put this together, okay? I got to thinking, okay? So if God is going to open up my ear to chisel out an, uh, the ability for me to hear because I've got so much stuff. I got, I've got rebellion in my heart. I've got the deceitfulness of sin. I've got other things, and lies and, and misconceptions about God and life and myself, insecurities and all those kind of things that are not of God are in my heart. I need God's help to open up the pathway so that I can hear what he has to say. Jeremiah 23, 29 says this. Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord? That'd preach really long and good right there, wouldn't it? It's not my word like a fire, like a fire that transforms, a fire that purifies, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. It's not my word like a fire. Okay, so now Isaiah 50 says, open my ear. Jeremiah 23 says, your word is like a hammer. Open my ear, chisel my ear, chisel the canal open so I can hear your word. is. So if God, just put it together, just put those two verses together. If God is going to chisel us, what is he going to use? If God is going to open up my ear, what is he going to use? He's going to use a hammer, which is what? Which is his word. So he awakens me every morning. Just get this idea, get this sound in you. So I'm partnering with God. He's going to take his word. It's going to be like this hammer. This is my hard head. You understand? Why are we so hard headed? Well, it's kind of born that way. I, I don't know. I just kind of showed up that way, didn't I? Well, I did. I don't know about you. Maybe you didn't have the struggles I did. But we, we kind of come to the table hard headed, don't we? And worse, we come to the table hard hearted. And all the stuff going on in our world, we're getting harder as it goes. We're getting more cynical. We're getting harder because we think in order to survive, you've got to get tougher. But see, God wants to make you stronger, but God doesn't want to make you tougher. God doesn't want to make you harder, so to speak, because he, he can't use that. So what he does is he takes his word, which is like this hammer. He takes his chisel, which is what helps open up the word. And he, and he, and he begins to, to just work on me. He works on me. So in the mornings, when I get up and I open up that word, I'm going to partner with God. And he's going to chisel a little piece off. He's going to say, you know what your life's about? He said, your life's about love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength. What's that? What's that? Well, that's that hammer. He's chiseling away. Because see, I, I, I thought it was all about me. I really had some misconceptions that life is about me, what I can get and what I can do on my own. And, you know, it's about my success. And, and God chisels away and says, no, 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 son, no, no, daughter. Listen, it's about loving me. It's about loving your neighbor. And he begins to chisel. You open up the, the, the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus begins to speak things to us that absolutely floors us. And he says, you know what? There's a lot of strife in this world. There's a lot of people under the gun. A lot of people angry. A lot of people coming at you. I need to chisel some on you today. I, I need you to bless those that curse you. I need you to bless those that curse. I, I need you to pray for those who despitefully use you. Do good to all those who hate you and persecute you. 
got to hear that. My heart's too hard to hear that. What do you mean they bless those that curse? They curse me? Guess what I'm going to do? Guess what the hardness of my heart, the natural reaction is for somebody that curses me? What's the natural reaction? Curse them back. I can promise you. And I promise you for anybody in this room, until you get, get really your walk with Christ down, your natural reaction is going to be, you slap me, I'll slap you. You slap me with words, I'm going to slap you back. Jesus wants to open up our ears to something different. Chisel away some of that hardness. No, bless those that curse you. Help me hear that. Help me hear it, but not just hear it. Help me hear it and do it. You know what I'm talking about? You get the point. I mean, we could go through dozens and dozens of scriptures, especially with Jesus speaking to us, where he would say things like, you know, the golden rule is, is to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Jesus would say all these kind of things. And by this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And you know what he's doing? All that hardness, all that bitterness, all that anger. He said, let me open up your ear. Because I want to open you up, up your ear, not to just open up your ear so you can hear something that makes you feel good. I want to open up your ear so you can hear something that literally will transform your life but also transform somebody else's life. You see the point? You see what I'm talking about? Chipping away. So here, here's, here's a thought. I don't know if you're like me, you, you need visual aids. You know? I, I wish there were more pictures in the Bible of myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> How many of you go to the book, bookstore and you, the first thing you do, pull a book up and you flip through, oh, there ain't no pictures in this book. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know it's gonna be rough on the brother. <laughs> Here's a picture. I need visual aids. Next few days when you're doing your devotional, go get your hammer. If you've got a chisel, that's fine. The hammer will do just fine. Go get your hammer. Maybe go out to the driveway and get a, get a rock or two. Just sit right there by the Bible as you read your devotion. Just sit right there. Say, Lord, just, just work on me. We chisel away. We chisel away some of that hard stuff. Because, see, he really is sculpting us into something. He's sculpting us into his image and into his likeness so that we would hear what he hears or what he says and we would do what he, what he does. He's sculpting away at us. So just as a visual aid, if you'd like to join me in that, just, just set it right there beside you and say, I'm going to open up this word. I'm going to read some of the words of Jesus. Lord, just, just work on me. I know I'm not where I need to be. We just chisel away a little bit this morning. You know, what we really want him to do is, is just take that hammer and hit me one time and we're done. But that is not how it works. What, what, what Isaiah 50 says, he awakens me morning by morning. He goes through this whole process of life with us. And it's a daily thing. It's not just, I, I wish it was. I wish he, he would just throw some of his magic dust on me and boom, I'm, I'm fine, I'm good. All that hardness is gone. That's not how he works, is it? Not in character. That's not how he works in character. He may heal your body like that. But your character is going to take time. He's going to get out his hammer and chisel. He's going to open it up. And he's going to chisel away. A little bit at a time. And, and I'm kind of glad it's like that. Because if he broke it all, I'd be just a broken man. So he, in patience, works with me. Chipping away all that hardness. All that bitterness. You got your hammer at home? All right. Who's going to clean this mess up? So Lord, help us. So why are you so hard-headed? Why are you so hard-hearted?
Well, sin will make you that way. You know, you know how it is. You, you've seen it happen in you. You've seen it happen in other people. Maybe there's, a, there's somebody that's not living the way that they should as a, as a believer. What is the tendency to do with other Christians? It, it, the tendency is to harden against those relationships and withdraw into yourself. That's the tendency. Isn't it? We've all seen it. Hey, we've all done that. Because the heart gets hard. The deceitfulness of sin hardens us. It hardens us in our relationship with God. You begin to withdraw from Him. And this text would say, don't, 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 don't withdraw from me. Come to me with my hammer and chisel. I got some work to do. I'll help you. I'll help you. You got it? Everybody good? So partner with God every single day of your life to get ears to hear. Because what you hear is going to save you and your house and maybe somebody else around you. Amen. Lord, help us. All right. So we know it's possible to hear, but not to listen. A lot of distractions, a lot of attractions. The most precious thing that you and I have is the word of God, which is the wisdom of God to us. Amen. Let it hammer away. Everything that hinders and everything that harms you, let it hammer it away. Amen? So let's ask God to awaken our ears. Can we do that? To awaken our ears. We got, we got that, that idea, awaken my ear. And we got that idea of opening my ear. And let's ask Him for wisdom. Can we do that? Lord, we need Your help. Lord, as we read in Your Word, that, that Your Word is like a hammer that does chisel away all those hard places and it opens up our ears Lord, first we ask that you would awaken our ears. Awaken us to the reality of who you are. Awaken us to the reality of your kingdom and the way that you want this world ran, the way you want our lives ran. Awaken us to that reality. Help us to hear, Lord. We, 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 we've gone through many sermons and teachings and read numerous books, Lord, but, but have we really heard? Help us to really, really hear the revelation of your spirit that you want for our hearts. Awaken us, Lord. Awaken us. And Lord, open up our ears. They get so stopped up by the cares of this life. We get so stopped up by our own selfishness, our own pride, our own insecurities, by the lies of the adversary and all the, the miscommunications that are, are concerning you and your truth. We get so bogged down and clogged up by all that stuff. So Lord, by your truth, set us free. And by the knowledge of your truth, set us free. Open up our ears so that we can hear your voice, hear your wisdom. 